1: And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Well, there's a lot of interesting things going on today, like uh Nevada caucus. Um, I think we're going to have a Nevada caucus today. I think Trump's going to win uh, that Nevada caucus. But then also, you got Tucker Carlson's interview with Vladimir Putin uh, coming out at 6 p.m. today. Huh. That's pretty good stuff. So, the left is going, what's that word? Apoplectic. I think that's the word. I think that's a word. But that's what they're doing. They're going crazy. They're going nuts with a capital Z at the end. Um, so they're just basically, you know, when the truth comes out, they hate it. Right. So, uh, you got that. Ronna McDaniel, more, more fallout from Ronna McDaniel. You know, she's going to be resigning after South Carolina. Good riddance to Ronna. She was uh, very corrupt, turns out. While Republicans were losing midterm elections in 2022, Ronna McDaniel spent $70,328 on flowers, two hundred sixty three thousand dollars $263,127 uh, $263, on limousines, $1,078,279 on consulting. Now that's just like, you know, that's a slush fund, right? Hey, you want to be a consultant? You want to go out Friday night, Saturday night? You can be a consultant. You too can be a consultant. Just send me a invoice and then we'll go out together on that vacation. Isn't that what Fanny Willis did with her lover? She hired them, paid them $750,000, and then they went to Napa Valley. <laughs> and the hits just keep on coming. And they're, they're, one, they're the ones with their, their, their hands around their hips, with their arms hanging out saying, that Donald Trump is a bad person. Donald Trump earned it the old-fashioned way. He earned it, right? I mean, he's worked his whole life. Everybody knows it because it's been on full display. The DNC spent $795 on flowers, 7000 on limousines, and 114000 on consulting. So, you know, that's a big disparity between what the DNC spends and what the RNC spends. And it looks like the DNC is getting better results. But I think that the reason why DNC is getting better results is because there's probably a lot of other private donations on mar- anonymous donations. Donations like all that China money that went into the Biden, Biden center that Anthony Blinken was managing. Yeah. All that money. You know, he founded then West exec and now West exec is pretty much in control of every dollar that goes into Ukraine. So of course, Anthony Blinken secretary of state's got to be all for money to Ukraine. Right? Because it makes the West exec foundation organization that he, he finances rich, so rich that they could afford to buy lobbyists and have full control over the Washington Politico. That's it. That's what it is. Vladimir Zelensky. Zelensky, we'll give you this money on this condition. You must use this list of consultants. And then all the money gets managed by the consultants in D.C. And then Ukraine gets some... The Washington politicians like Lindsey Graham and all these people that are supportive and getting on TV a lot and saying good things about how we need to defend Ukraine as long as it takes, as much as it takes, as much money as it takes, no matter how many lives are lost, we're going to, if we have to assassinate Vladimir Putin, he's, he's a bad person. Meanwhile, does anyone else get to speak? I remember when they were going after Trump with the Russian hoax, right? Uh, and then uh, 11 intelligence agencies couldn't possibly be wrong. They were all wrong. 51 CIA agents about the Hunter body and laptop. That's Russian tradecraft. They were all wrong. The Bob Mueller witch hunt. He didn't even know what Fusion GPS was or who Glenn Simpson was and that whole Russian thing. But yet they put up a special counsel. You know why? Because they were trying to prevent Trump from getting over the target which was to look into the Ukrainian money laundering scheme going through Kolomoysky's Burisma. Kolomoisky, basically the puppet master for Zelensky. His former boss. So there was all this stuff going on. How, how did they go about firing Vlad, you know, Viktor Shokin and all that? right? How did they do all this? They did it all by controlling the uh, law enforcement, the the you know the basically the Obama installed FBI, which he replaced from what I've heard. Way back in his presidency, he fired everybody in the top brass and put in his own, you know, libtards. Lib basically, that's what he did. So we had two standards of justice. We had a Gestapo police. We had like, you know, exactly the kind of thing that Hitler had with his SS. You know, it's that kind of thing. Two standards of justice where they could do anything they want and get away with it. And you lift, you know, you jaywalk incorrectly and you're going to go down. So, you know, one of the things was Matt Gates did some really amazing things yesterday um, putting together, uh, you know, the uh, a, a group of uh, Congressmen and women, and stood up for Donald Trump and basically want to expunge this insurrectionist label from Trump because that's what they're using in Colorado, and that's what they're using, say, in Maine with that wackadoodle Secretary of State or Attorney General up there, basically saying Trump off the ballot because I feel like it. Well, that brings me to another point that there's another big decision that's coming out today. And that's the Supreme court uh, decision on Donald Trump's appeal for whether he gets to either remain on the ballot or not in Colorado. Now, if they vote against Donald Trump, it's, it's, it's going to be a huge mess. We're going to see what happened in Nevada Two days ago, I believe, uh, with the with a vote where it's none of the above just keeps winning. Um, but the people are going to be writing none of the above. But really what I mean is Trump. They're going to write in a candidate and it's going to be Trump. Trump will win with a write in. He will beat Nikki Haley's pants off with a write in. And from what I hear, her pants come off a lot. But that's another story for another day for Nikki Haley. She talks out of both sides of her mouth. I have this really good little comedy sketch that's pretty funny. In fact, I might just play that it's top of the hour. It's not the top story by far, not even close. But it'll set the mood right. Maybe I just have to get it. I, I didn't. I didn't even know I was going to play this. But um, we are going to play it. We're going to do. We're going to do it. I think we're going to do it anyway. Um, Yeah, here it is. All right, so this encapsulates, there's a whole bunch of where she says war is good. She says a whole bunch of things, Nikki Haley does. And you just got to scratch your head like, what are you talking about? But this encapsulates all of her lies and deceptions. You know, about raising the, she says she didn't ever say that, and then she's on record saying that. She never said that Hillary Clinton was an inspiration for her, and then she, You find a clip that says, I was inspired to get into politics because of Hillary. So she's, you know, basically a Democrat. But let's take a listen to this. It's kind of funny. Now, this is not her words. This is a meme. This is like an artificial intelligence meme. So not to be misquoting her. But this is true in the sense that every single joke or satire that you're going to hear is actually true in terms of you know uh, what she has actually said. So Let's take a listen.
2: You know, you people can complain all you want. You can call me bird brain, nasty Nikki, neocon Nikki, Nimrod, Nimrada <laughs> You don't like that I'm for open borders and illegal immigration. That's fine. You don't like that I got filthy rich by selling my influence to the military industrial complex. That's fine. You don't like that. I want to start World War three anywhere, anytime, any way that I can. That's fine. You don't like that. I want to raise the age for social security. That's fine. You don't like that. I want to make people dox themselves to use the internet, that's fine. You don't like that I'm paid for by a Democrat who's been to Epstein's Island? That's fine. But let me remind you, this is America. Those globalist oligarchs you hate so much have a right to have their voices heard. If they want to pay someone to represent their interests, well, that's fine, too. Sometimes the world needs a whore. And if you're asking me, that time is now. Hail Hydra.
1: <laughs> you got to admit, it's kind of funny, though, right? It is a bit funny. Now, here's um, here's something interesting. Okay, so we just went over Ronna McDaniel. Okay, I got Hillary. Hillary's blasting Tucker Carlson right now. Blasting her. Blasting him. Blasting Tucker Carlson. And um, why? Because... Tucker Carlson is going to put out on Twitter tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursday, Eastern Standard Time. Um, They are February 8th is when Tucker's interview is going to air 6 p.m. Eastern. So on X on X. So go over to X, X.com slash Scott Adams show or Twitter.com slash Scott Adams show. Or if you go to Twitter or X, search for Scott Adams show and you'll find me. Follow me because I'm going to be posting that stuff too. And you'll get it firsthand. You'll find it really easily. So that'll be good. But. It's interesting what Hillary Clinton has to say about Tucker Carlson. She's basically trying to like diminish his integrity and value. He happens to be the most important and popular political analyst on the entire planet. Because people are craving the truth. And all they get over at NBC or CBS or ABC or CNN or even Fox News... To a lesser extent, is lies, globalist propaganda, climate change schematics, COVID uh, scam, pandemics. Right? I mean, it's it's all what you're getting from the media because it's controlled by globalist organizations like BlackRock and World Economic Forum, who are basically pushing for more control over their consumers. And there's a lot of, we're going to cover this with the farmers and with your food. You know, they want to control your money with central bank digital currency, your food, by controlling food systems, taking over farmers. And just like BlackRock, here's one thing you have to understand about BlackRock. They only own like 8% of a corporation or 15% of a corporation. They don't own the whole thing. But what they do is they have so much leverage with every corporation that they are the controlling force in the world just by owning 8% of the world they've somehow managed to control the world through corporate st- uh, financial strength i mean their corporate they're 16 trillion dollar corporate holdings um, you know, it's it's just it gives them so much power. It's a very strategic thing that they did. And the World Economic Forum, since the '70s, Klaus Schwab has been trying to build a you know, a network of young global leaders, get them installed into cabinets, and penetrate the cabinets, and infiltrate the governments, and get dirt on their. Um, Opponents, and you know, use compromat. You know, not not much, not much different than what Jeffrey Epstein was doing with his compromat facility called Lolita Island. But you know, that's what's going on here. Is is there's a lot of coercion going on? Not enough, not enough honest debate. And they try to teach that in college, right? They try to tell you that. You should do it for the love of the art or love of the mission, and don't focus on the money. But yet, if you look at the highest rate of inflation, it's not milk; it's it's higher education. These guys in tweed jackets got Porsches in their in their driveways, and uh, there it's it's and it's it's censorship, it's intolerance. That's why you have ninety eight percent. Democrat on every editorial board in every media company, ninety-eight percent Democrat in every boardroom in in every ivory tower at every university, at in every academic schematic, and now it's taken over the medical industry. Uh, You just look at how Fauci uh, had his way with gain of function research, and you can go on and on from here. All these highly educated, skilled professions. Uh, I think if you're a conservative voice, you're not going to get a great grade. You really need to toe the line and kiss up to your bosses, who are these little man syndrome liber- liberals that are so intolerant that they um, they will only only chum up to you if you kiss their ring. And I've seen this on. On, for, I've seen this with my own eyes, where people I know didn't agree with the people. When they get around these higher-level professor, professors with tenure, they toe the line. They do everything they're supposed to do in order to be accepted in that circle, the circle of trust. But let's take a listen to Hillary Clinton because it's fascinating what she says, and then we're going to break it down.
3: I mean he's like a puppy dog. You know, he somehow is after having been fired from so many outlets in the United States, he uh I would not be surprised uh if he emerges with a contract with outlet because he is a useful idiot. He says things that are not true, he parrots Vladimir Putin's uh pack of lies about Ukraine. Uh so I don't see why Putin wouldn't give him an interview because through him He can, you know, continue to lie about what his, you know, objectives are in Ukraine and, and, uh, you know, what he expects to see happen. It's really quite sad that not just somebody like Tucker Carlson, who has, as I said, been fired so many times because he seems unable to, you know, correlate his uh, reporting with the truth, um, but also because It's a sign that there are people in this country right now who are like a fifth column for Vladimir Putin. And why I don't know. I mean, why are certain Republicans throwing their lot in? Why are you know other Americans basically believing uh, Putin? Why did Trump believe Putin more than our eleven intelligence
1: agencies? Hmm,
3: I don't know. Do you have a working theory? You have a working theory.
1: Let's listen to that last question again. And
3: Why are, you know, other Americans basically believing uh, Putin? Why did Trump believe Putin more than our 11 intelligence agents? Oh,
1: I don't know. Because they lied? They lied through their teeth? They manufactured a Russian hoax story that was paid for by this woman, Hillary Clinton? Through Perkins Coie and Mark Elias, who in 2020 rigged, uh, helped rig the election and work with... Um, that Coomer dude over at Dominion um, Voting Systems, and uh, and and, got, and and also worked with. Um, see Mark Elias is really quite a smart guy. He really is. He's a, he's a top notch attorney. He worked for Perkins Coie. He was behind the hit job against Jim Jordan, and I happen to know that story firsthand because. That involves some people I actually know or knew a long time ago that were corrupt as can be. And they went after Jim Jordan in something that I know firsthand didn't happen. And this was about the locker rooms at the wrestling rooms and what was going on with this weird doctor that never existed. It never happened because I was there in the wrestling rooms, in the locker rooms at the time. And so the thing about it is, Mark Elias was involved with that hit job. Look it up. He worked for Perkins Coey. That was the attorney that the the villainous guy that was ripping off uh, college student college uh, athletes on endorsements with his own failed uh, failed uh, organization called Cage Fighter uh, for apparel. They were doing endorsements, expecting to get paid, and they never—he never paid them. But that's another story. That's a whole another story. But he was also involved. Um, he's involved with Reed Hoffman, the guy from LinkedIn, and he's basically the brains and the trust. But what he depends on is Soros money, Reed Hoffman money, Mark Zuckerberg money. He do, he gets all this money. How could you really go wrong with you have, when you have unlimited amounts of money from three different billionaires at the very minimum, probably Bill Gates too. So you got four major billionaires that are actually operatives, three billionaires. Forget about Meathead or Rob Reiner. Forget about Warren Buffett, who's a liberal. These are child's play compared to these aggressive operatives like Mark Zuckerberg, George Soros, Reed Hoffman, and Bill Gates. These are these are weaponized billionaires. And this is what's happening. So uh, did I get that right Bill Gates, Reed Hoffman, Mark Zuckerberg, and George Soros? Yeah, four. Th that's just four I can think up of off the top of my head. I bet you there's at least ten. You know, there's a lot of other really super rich people that are working behind the scenes that don't want to tarnish their name, get involved, but they're financing it. So, you know, the liberals have all this money, they don't even have to fundraise. They just have it. And you got one person that's financing election rigging, like Mark Zuckerberg. In all the battleground states, you got another one that's financing pandemics and food systems. That's Bill Gates, right? And then you got George Soros. He's involved in uh, the part in, in uh, district attorneys and um, election rigging because he he bought the patents on election machines. And then you got Reed Hoffman, who's doing lawfare, like through. Venues like the uh, Lawfare Group, I mean not the Lincoln. I'm sorry, not the Lawfare Group. The Lincoln Project, Lincoln Project, and other groups like that, who are also heavily financed by other sources. But Reed Hoffman, you know, he funded E. Jean Carroll. He's funding this Nikki Haley thing. I can't tell you. Every single time I go on X, I get the first tweet that pops up into my screen is Nikki. I could easily block her. But like I say, I'm fascinated by the algorithm and how it works because I have an IT background. So, <clears throat> But I just laid it out for you, right? I just laid it out what these four, just these four are doing. And, there, and there's no short supply of this. They don't want to sit down and have an honest debate. They don't want free speech. They don't want to reduce censorship. They don't want democracy. And again, democracy isn't even a good thing when, when 51% can, can control 49% of the population. Like they say, the republic and what our constitutional founding fathers, uh, our founding fathers who wrote the Constitution had in store for our country. The beauty of our country is the power to we the people. That's the beauty of our country. It's never really been done before where the people had the power. I'll never forget that scene, you know, in Notre, Hunchback of Notre Dame, the Age of Enlightenment, where they were talking about the printing press. And one person said, oh, and this, this movie was made in like 1930-something, Victor Hugo, right? I've been to his house in France. But um, <clears throat> he talks about um, the... Uh, he talks about the Age of Enlightenment and the printing press, and he talks about free speech. And one person says, oh, this could be dangerous. This could be the downfall of our power. If these people at the bottom start to get any ideas, they might realize that, you know, we're taking too much from them. And the other guy kind of was more of a passive guy or an intellectual maybe, I I don't know what his thing was, but he basically said, no, I think it's great. A more powerful constituency, a more powerful citizenry is what we want, you know? And with wisdom comes equality. With wisdom comes liberty. With wisdom comes happiness. So there was a lot of good things about, you know, because... People are innately good. I think that what has happened since really the beginning of Obama was that this redistribution of wealth and these quota-based systems like DEI and the student loan forgiveness, these all have some sort of a dividing mechanism to them that separate the people, which is exactly what the people in power want. They want us to fight with one another. And we, we need to realize that we're being played there and that we all, try to, we all should try to get along and maybe negotiate on our own terms and get away from these politicians and seize power back to we the people. Somebody with a big megaphone, and I think that somebody really is kind of like Donald Trump because he has no animus toward liberals or conservatives. He just wants unity. And everybody thinks that he is the person that's dividing, when in fact it's liberal policies that are really divisive. Joe Biden is a puppet to the master who's probably Joe, you know, Barack Hussein, Barry Satoru Obama, and his dude in the House Michael. But the thing is, is that there is a lot going on here that we are needing to preach and talk about all the time because we need more realization of what the heck is going on. So Hillary Clinton, though, is trying to smear Tucker Carl- smear the messenger, right? If Tucker Carlson interviewing, I love this. Okay, this is great. So, and then, you know, you heard what Hillary Clinton just said. Tom Leonard a liberal says how an interview with fawning American conspiracy theorist Tucker Carlson could help Putin triumph in Ukraine. Right? So this guy, Ian Miles Chung, who I disagree with on a lot of things, but agree with him on a lot too. And I, I think, um, you know, I I know him on Twitter. I know about him on Twitter says if Tucker Carlson interviewing Putin is all it takes for Russia to win the war, then journalism is completely screwed because it just exposes to the world how the media has been lying to the public about about it for 2 years just as they lied about covid the migrant crisis j6 and social media censorship that's a that's such a loaded uh, statement too I mean, you can go further than that you know how weak is the west argument if the other side gets 10 seconds of speech compared to 20,000 hours of speech on the on the West. You know, they could speak all day, all night to infinitum, and somebody gets like a voice for like an, a two hours. I think this interview is going to be two hours. They get two hours next to, you know, a million hours, and that two hours will just bring the million hours to its knees. Think about how out of touch that million hours is. And you'll come to the same realization of why it is that most people can't stand the way our government is serving us. That our taxation is without representation right now. So we're going to get to the next piece once my computer starts to cooperate. Oh, okay. So here's like another lie. This is uh, John Kerry. We got to hear him. Despite a vast array of facts, beyond any shadow Climate, of a doubt, of course,
0: of any reasonable doubt, despite thousands of scientists accumulating hard data all their labs, and without a single piece of peer-reviewed documentation to the contrary, we False. are again witnessing another moment in which the persuasive force of evidence, and with it, Earth's future, hangs in the balance. All because some extremist political voices, hold out nations, and vastly vested interests have declared war on facts and science. All because they distort for political and personal gain what science and common sense dictate we humans must do in order to put our house in order. Dictate is the word. These interests would actually choose a destructive status quo over the opportunity to build a clean energy economy which can rescue our future, put millions of people to work, and leave us all safer, stronger, more secure, without facts or economics on their side. They flatly deny what is happening to our planet he and what the word we must flat, do to save it.
1: flatly because it, he, he's considering people that believe something other than him is like a flat-earth person.
0: They incite a movement against what they falsely label climate change fanaticism, as they conveniently forget that the dictionary definition of a cult is the dismissal of facts in oh, devotion it's a cult. to a
1: lie. It's a cult.
0: And while they refuse to accept the facts behind increasingly obvious damages, which the First Minister listed, they lash out at the truth-tellers instead and label indisputable evidence as hysteria. They compound the already difficult challenge of the climate crisis by promising to do more of exactly what created this crisis in the first place. So now,
1: humanity is inexorably threatened by humanity itself. So I wonder how much you got paid for that speech, number one. And number two, why is it that um, the liberals who believe in climate and believe in food and believe in uh, um, energy, clean energy, and all these things, why is it always, though, resulting in taxation and uh, limits to your mobility and limits to your consumption and regulations out the gazoo? Why is it that they want to get their crummy little paws, their dirty little hands into your pockets and put fences around and boxes around your limits? They want to regulate you. They want to tell you you can't manufacture here. They want to tell you that you can only eat this or that. They're going to tell you that you must take this vaccine, this poison, and put it into your body because the science is the science. See, I mean, the thing is, is that with the conservative movement or the anti-globalist movement, we're not trying to meddle in other people's business. We're just saying, stay out of ours. Stay out of our business. Just get out of my way. Smaller government, lower taxes... And just let me do my job. Let me live my life. That's it. I'm not trying to control you. And that's the same thing that they practice on TV. For years during the 80s and 90s, when Rush Limbaugh and then Hannity and everybody was making the airwaves on AM radio, they were basically trying to take them off the air as if they didn't have a channel dial on their TV or radio. It's like, let us speak. Just because we're winning the ratings war doesn't mean you know that you need to stop us. It means that people obviously are looking for the truth and they're finding it on conservative radio and television. I mean, that was the whole Fox News bo- model in the beginning. 50% of the country was, be- was conservative. At least 50, probably more, like 60%. So, Fox News comes along with Roger Ailes and says, You know what? I want to open up a conservative news outlet, fund, fund it to the wazoo, and compete with CNN and MSNBC. And guess what? And by the way, you know, unless you forget, MSNBC stands for Microsoft NBC, national broadcast company. It's a Microsoft, company. <laughs> yeah, it was a Microsoft company, Bill Gates. But nevertheless, Fox News came about and basically, you know, when Fox News says we outpaced CNN and MSNBC combined naturally because once Fox News came in, they took over more than 50% of the market and left NBC, ABC, CBS, MSNBC, CNN, and PBS all dividing the other 50% or less, like 45%, And splitting that like seven different ways among all the liberal, uh, you know, uh, outlets having to split their liberal audience, which was only 45% of the country. The other 55% who were looking for uh, their truth or another truth or the truth, and it was a boondoggle. It was a huge win for Fox News. But then they wanted to, like, denounce Fox News is not legitimate. So all I'm saying is is that we never are telling people to turn the dial. The only time we censor books is when it's it's basically this 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 uh transvestite uh sex act that's you know being taught to 5-year-olds. That's the kind of book we want to ban. It was the um liberals that wanted to ban kill a mockingbird or ban the song, the Christmas song, honey, it's cold outside. They were wanting to do all that in the name of we, me too. And wokeness. So here about X, right. And about uh, Tucker, here's what they said about Twitter. Cause Twitter now is booming. This thing with Vladimir Putin is going to put Twitter into the stratosphere. So Twitter right now is rated number one in a lot of different, uh, outlet polls. And, uh, why people are, why the people that listen to this show, whoever is listening to this show, doesn't open up a Twitter account or X account and get on Twitter and find their source of news and follow the Scott Adams show. It's Scott at Scott Adams showed at Twitter, right? But, um, Here's some headlines from Rolling Stone. Twitter is at death's door one year after Elon Musk takes over. The Verge says, The year Twitter died, a special series from The Verge. And how Twitter died in 2023 and why X not may, may not be far behind. And then mainstream media, X is dead. Reality, X is the number one app in the app store. That's why I think Trump is really missing out. I I, I understand he doesn't want to go on Twitter because he doesn't want to lose market share and drive business away from truth social. But truth social will never be what X and Twitter is. It just can't be. I mean, I, I I can't see it. Unless Twitter were to go out of business, I think then truth would excel. All right, so... Here's another meme. X is serving the truth. Facebook is censoring you. Um, Apple Texts is always watching you. Instagram is making you sad. TikTok is making you dumb. And Threads is dumb. (laughs) Just dumb. Plain dumb. Yeah. Let's take a listen to this. This is um, kind of an interesting uh, piece about farmers. I want you to listen to this, because we're going to have a commentary on this.
4: Now, dairy farmer Kelly Seaton says... Now, this
1: is in England, but they're talking about farmers, and I want to comment on this, because it's kind of important.
4: She's concerned about whether her family farm will survive, and huge pressures uh, that are currently on farmers. She's not alone. A recent survey shows a third of dairy farmers are considering quitting. This is, as we've seen protests all over Mm. Europe as well. From the farmers, does the government need to do more? Well, I'm delighted to say that Kelly uh, joins us now. Um, from your farm, Kelly, I imagine. I think we've, we've managed to get the Wi-Fi working where you are. We yeah, have, yeah. OK, super. Right, tell us what the issues are at the moment for British farmers and how they also relate to these issues we've seen across Europe.
5: I mean, the concerns differ from farm to farm, but for many um The same as homeowners, interest rates are really crushing us. Um, When you're trying to buy your farm, it's a real struggle because obviously it's exactly the same as homeowners, but much more money in and money out. Um, We've matched this with the low milk price currently, which is relatively low compared to um, high input costs, and we've reached a perfect storm, quite frankly. Many farmers can earn more money from the uh, new government incentive of sustainable farming incentive, which was put in place to try and um, replace the uh, subsidies that we used to get from Europe, which was called BPS. Um, the sustainable farming incentive is never going to match what we could have earned or It it was to subsidise low food um, retail price, really. Um, But it's never going to match that, which is fine. But when we're now facing low milk prices, for example, um, we've really reached a perfect storm, again, adding in interest rates
6: as well. Tell us us about the milk prices. What do do farmers get for a pint? Would it work out for a pint of milk or two pints of milk compared to what the retailer charges?
5: So We get paid per litre. Um, So we're currently getting 36 pence per litre. Gosh. And our cost of production is 42 pence per
4: litre, approximately. So you're making a loss at the moment, effectively, and and you feel like the government are not helping to subsidise you now that those EU subsidies have gone.
1: So you heard that, right? She's getting 32 pence per litre, and the cost of producing that litre is 46 pence. So she's losing money with every liter of milk that she sells. And it's because government is manip- the government of England, and they're doing it here too. They're getting involved with your food system food food supply, they call it food systems. And what they're doing is they're gaining control of the food market and the distribution in, in every aspect of it. It's no longer free capital society where prices are based on market sustainability. Then you have the, you know, the migrant workers that are uh, coming through the open borders, uh, flooding the gates, right? And you have these global policies and initiatives that are basically uh, taking people from developing worlds, uh, de- developing countries, and having them come through our open borders as well or just through systematic UN programs and things like that, all these globalist agendas, uh, setting forth policies that move people around from developing nations who are poor as dirt. And, you know, in one way, yeah, it might be a good thing. In another way, um, it's not necessarily great for um, that kind of uh, introduction in such a rapid way as to destabilize markets because it's an artificial, artificial, um, artificial low wage wage. Artific- because it's off the books half the time, it's under the table, and so it almost it almost breeds chaos. Meaning that the only way you can get get along with your business is if you cheat, or you don't get on the grid or the system. You you hire and exploit the hell out of these people that are coming through illegally, and then you you know it gives the uh, the uh, business owners uh, leverage over these poor souls. They're being exploited by these open border policies, globalist migration policies, to where these victims, these people who are victims, um, are then being controlled almost by like a slave master. And under the table, and it's like, if you say anything, you'll get deported, and you'll be out of a job and you'll starve. So they don't say anything because they're getting, you know, whatever amount they're going to get per hour tax free and it's just lawlessness, it's chaos. It, you know, anytime you you know, if you do things like if you if you have like a super high tax on something, people are going to find a way to avoid that super penalty. So it's it's never good when the government gets involved and manipulates markets and metals in markets because the purest thing to uh, like water running down a stream, finding its way around rocks and weaving its path in a very natural organic way is the shortest distance between two points that nature has to offer. And capitalism can work that way as well with some regulations, you know, some, I'm sure there's need for some regulations, but For the most part, a smaller government keeping their hands out of uh, um, market engineering and meddling in markets is really the best way. As soon as you start to get involved with that and get your hands dirty in it, you've now meddled in the markets. And it's a slippery slope because now you spend the rest of eternity um, having to to uh, tweak and calculate and the algorithms for the unintended co- consequences. That's what's going on. So them meddling in this farming business is a way from them to gain control, over, not only over the farmer, but they become the broker. You know, the trouble with brokers half the time is they break things. Brokers break. So they get involved when there needs to be no middleman. The government becomes the middleman between the consumer and and the farmer and that's how they gain control of both the farmer and the consumer and that is a real problem and that's what they're trying to do so here's something that T- tucker said once upon a time remember that biden administration encouraged putin to invade ukraine let's take a lesson
0: democrats and republicans no matter who they voted for were worried above all about rising energy prices because it hurt them directly every single day. And by the time Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine, the Biden administration had found a scapegoat. Maybe that's why they encouraged him to do it in the first place, which they did. So Joe Biden started yelling, it's Putin's price, like Putin did it. Democrats and Republicans, no matter who they
1: Yeah, I mean, again, it was a flat out lie. and But it gave him a talking point that the media ran with, even though it wasn't even true. So EU president uh, has decided to blame Putin and climate change for the farmers' protests over regulations that she passed. She passed regulations, caused a whole bunch of problems. Now, I'm going to play this clip, but she's speaking in a foreign language. Uh, She speaks English, too, but she's speaking German here. Um, Let me just try to see if I can narrate this. I'm going to to do my best, okay? Let's see. Uh, I have not rehearsed this, so it may not go well. But I would like to thank the European, its support so far. And of course, I'm con- counting on your support. Honorable members, as long as the European Council has been in session. Farmers have been on the streets all over Europe, so they're complaining about the protests, like Trudeau did with the Ottawa truckers, right? Many of them feel backed. Let's see, it says many of them feel backed into a corner. Farmer, farmers are the first. Farmers are the first to feel
3: the effects of climate change,
1: (laughs) which is a hoax. Climate change is just completely a scam. They've made it up. Trust me, I've heard over 100 scientists now completely debunk the climate scam that they're perpetrating onto world populations. Just as COVID was a bioweapon, manufactured by men and leaked out into the public, either by hook or by crook, either by accident or on purpose. No one really knows that, but everybody knows that that was a product, a work product of -of gain-of-function research. Floods and droughts have destroyed. Now, now she's getting into climate change and threatened livestock. That's complete bogus. Russia was war inflation increased. Energy costs increased. Fertilizer costs. Fertilizer plants were burning up and being blown up everywhere you can think of. Nevertheless. So they're blame. They're, that's how they're blaming it. They're using climate and inflation from the war. Anytime you inject cash into a war, it's inflation. Anytime you inject cash into a war, you're injecting cash into society. You're injecting cash into a global economy. And anytime you inject cash without increasing productivity, you're going to get inflation because it's all about the number of dollars in the market versus the supply. And if the supply doesn't increase, but you're just printing money and throwing it into the market, you're devaluing the currency, and you're creating new stress on demand of supply, and therefore you have inflation. It's it's like econ 101, right? It's simple as pie, and yet uh, nobody seems to, to want to talk about that. So this is interesting. Nancy Pelosi has got to be like the best stockbroker on the planet because She has made $1.2 million on NVIDIA alone on her trades. She's actually added now five times her congressional salary in 75 days on one trade. Five times. Her still open NVIDIA ITM call options are almost 60% since she entered two months ago. So Unusual Whales put out her whole portfolio She's making a mint. That's legal theft. So here's Molly Hemingway. I got to play this. This is about election fraud. We're going to hear just the best part of it. But here we go. Thank
6: you for giving me the opportunity to testify today. The American it's system about fraud. of self-governance is under attack. Instead of an election day where everyone votes at the same time and with the same full set of information, votes are counted quickly, and everyone promptly knows and trusts the outcome, we now have lengthy election seasons that can last months prior to and even after Election Day. The situation is so absurd that we have presidential and gubernatorial debates weeks after some people have already voted. Instead of having total security and a verifiable chain of custody for ballots being issued, cast, and counted, we flood addresses across the country With tens of millions of unsupervised mail in ballots months ahead of elections, frequently to locations from which voters, if they're even alive, have long since moved. Instead of having election administration that is rigorously nonpartisan and impartial under the law, we have allowed the private takeover of government election offices bipartisan oligarchs and their armies of activists who use those offices and their authorities to tilt the election toward favored candidates. Instead of voters being able to vote for the candidate of their choice, powerful interests backed by wealthy oligarchs are working to remove the most popular candidate and the ruling party's chief opponent from the ballot in a move reminiscent of Soviet Russia. And if that weren't enough, instead of the top candidates chosen by the people being able to fully engage in a vigorous campaign heading into an election, we have one side actively attempting to throw its opponent in prison and bankrupt his family, again reminiscent of Soviet Russia. Instead of a system of rule of law that gives Americans the same rights and due process, the Department of Justice and other partisan actors are prosecuting their opposition, whether powerful or lowly, and doing so in places where partisan juries will ensure a quick conviction. Instead of a free and independent press that shares news and information to help inform voters, we have a press that is almost exclusively the arm of one political party and is so corrupt that it is willing to perpetrate hoax after hoax against opposition party members. Instead of a vibrant public square where Americans can debate issues and express their strongly held views, we have an elaborate censorship industrial complex where the government works hand-in-hand with tech oligarchs to suppress and blacklist debate on all the important (coughs) issues that contribute to election outcomes. This is something I know firsthand because our government worked with tech companies to censor me for my election reporting. Allowing just one of these attacks to infect our electoral system would be a crisis. Allowing all of them at the same time is an existential threat to our system of self-government.
1: Absolutely. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to The Scott Adams Show. Be sure to check out magapac.org. Make a donation to help keep The Scott Adams Show uh, c- uh, commercial-free. And with that, we'll see deeper. you next time on the radio. To Bye-bye, everybody. My